Hi, it's DeWire. It is Monday, January the 3rd, 2022. Gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Let's talk heavyweight boxing. Let's talk, let's go back a few days and let's talk about Joseph Parker's victory over Derek Chisora in the rematch. But first remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, people might not realize it because of the way it's being marketed. But the heavyweight division right now is a gambler's paradise. It's one of the best divisions in boxing. Let's talk about the long shadow right now that is cast over the heavyweight division. And it has to do with Emmanuel Stewart, right? Understand that an Emmanuel Stewart disciple, Sugar Hill, the trainer of Tyson Fury, right, is someone who, like Stewart, believes in knockouts. He has a fighter who, quite frankly, has a better back foot and has the advantage of reach that almost nobody else in the division has, right? Tyson Fury has great feet. You think about the fighters his size and really only his former sparring partner, Johnny Rice, can match him in terms of the elusiveness on his back foot. But that's not how he's been fighting. Right? He fought that way for the first Deontay Wilder fight. Wilder might not be the blessed puncher that Anthony Joshua is with both hands, but Wilder might have the best punch in the division, that straight right hand that has ring coverage. Now, Tyson Fury found himself on the canvas twice in that first fight. Ever since then, He's come in with the goal of stopping Deontay Wilder. So the second fight, you didn't have all the outside movement. Rather, you had Fury measuring Deontay Wilder from early, right? And Fury being mindful of Wilder's one big punch. Then we got to the second fight, and you notice Fury's still going for the KO. He's not trying to win the fight by decision. Now, let's talk about who Emmanuel Stewart was. Understand he owned the heavyweight division for several years because this is the former trainer of Lennox Lewis, who then became the trainer of Vladimir Klitschko. Both Lewis and Klitschko epitomize an Emmanuel Stewart fighter. Both had jabs, right? But both tried to use the jab to set up sledgehammer right hands. And if you look at the records of both Lennox Lewis and Vladimir Klitschko, many of the fights ended by stoppage. So if you go back and you look at the Abragamov fight that Vladimir Klitschko had, Klitschko is clearly winning the fight. That wasn't enough for Emmanuel Stewart. 
Stewart is talking to his fighter about getting a stoppage. He's saying, hey, people are going to talk about this fight if you don't raise the ante. In other words, winning wasn't enough for Manuel Stewart. Right? Stewart wanted the jab. Stewart wanted the jab to blind an opponent so that the opponent got lulled into a false sense of complacency and didn't even see the right hand behind it. Well, understand, you have another disciple of Emmanuel Stewart, Andy Lee. Right? By the way, Andy Lee is friends with Tyson Fury. Boxing's not as big as you think. People know each other. Well, you have Andy Lee, and he's now training one of the best athletes, one of the best punchers in the division, who is also one of the most overlooked fighters, and that's Joseph Parker. Now, I have the extended highlights of his fight against Derek Chisora, a guy who knows how to fight inside, a guy who had Usyk befuddled early in their fight by his inside volume, and that's Derek Chisora. But I need for people to realize that Andy Lee himself was a KO puncher. Andy wants stoppages. And Joseph Parker is not as committed to his jab as, let's say, some other Emmanuel Stewart-inspired fighters. Let's talk about what makes Parker, in my opinion, one of the most dangerous men in the heavyweight division. Parker has a 68% KO ratio, folks. Think about that. 68%. I'm just here to tell you, and he proves it in this Chisora fight, that this is a guy with power in both hands. He can knock you out with either hand. Right? Very different than Deontay Wilder. Right? This guy has prodigious power. More importantly, this guy can throw every punch in the book with power. Right? It's a rare talent. It's on display in this second Chisora fight. You're seeing power you did not see when Usyk fought Chisora. Now again, the extended highlights are in my favorites folder. Let's talk about what I hope people look at. I want people to look at the second round. Right, you're gonna notice Parker flash a short right hook that's hidden in a combination. Right, he starts a combination he knows he's going to shorten the right hook. You'll notice another time in the round, he throws a wicked right uppercut. Now, I want people to, as they look at the highlights, pay attention to the Parker uppercuts because he has a guy who's coming inside on him. And Parker is making Chisora pay in a way that other Chisora opponents have not. 
And with Parker, it's devastating because like Carl Frotch, Parker can throw uppercuts with both hands. That hurt you, right? So you'll notice Parker is throwing that right uppercut from early in this fight. You'll also notice that Parker can throw a very good lead left hook. So we get to the fourth round. And Parker, who has been battering, battering Derek Chisora with uppercuts in close. And Chisora knows how to fight up close. Right? Chisora is doing certain things. Parker is trying to get too close to Chisora, where Parker doesn't have to worry about getting hit in the head. So you'll notice Parker's trying to put his face close to Derek, Derek's body. But you'll notice Chisora, who is front foot heavy, can actually get on his back foot. He can take a step back to get distance to be able to throw hooks on Parker, who's up close to him. Criticism of Parker, I'll agree, that as Parker backs away, his defense degrades. Now, this highlights, in my opinion, how ripped off all of us were. When Parker went to the UK to fight Anthony Joshua, a fight I thought Parker had an excellent shot of winning. The referee in that fight inexplicably doesn't allow them to fight inside. As you see Parker's uppercuts with both hands in this fight, knowing Joshua's defensive lapses, and as you see Parker's power, right, folks, Derek Chisora has a chin. Let me make another statement on Derek Chisora. You realize that Derek Chisora, let's say the best heavyweights of, let's say, the last 30 years, in my opinion, anyway, are Lennox Lewis, Vitaly Klitschko, and Tyson Fury. Right? One man's opinion. I agree. I'm leaving out some guys with some great resumes. Vladimir Klitschko is not on my short list. Well, just to understand, Derek Chisora has been around so much that he has fought two of the three. Think about it. He went the distance with Vitaly Klitschko in one of Vitaly's more competitive fights. And, of course, he fought Tyson Fury. He went the distance against Tyson Fury. Those aren't the only champions he's fought. He's beating David Hay, quite frankly, before David Hay stops him. Let's remember Joseph Parker at one point was an unbeaten heavyweight champion. Chisora went the distance with Joseph Parker. Chisora knocks Parker down in the opening seconds of their first fight. Right, so Derek Chisora, in terms of experience at heavyweight, at a time when we've been waiting for years for Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua to hop in the ring together, right? Derek Chisora, quite frankly, has 
extensive experience against very high caliber fighters that very few heavyweights have. Now, Chisora, who has a chin, again, he goes the distance with Vidley. He goes the distance with Tyson Fury. He goes the distance the first time with Joseph Parker. Could not take. He, he, he went the distance with Usyk, a current champion. Right? Just count the number of heavyweight champions Chisora has fought. He could not take Parker's power in this fight. He goes the distance because he's Derek Chisora, but he's battered. This fight becomes one of survival. In the fourth round, Parker, who's up close, unleashes the right uppercut. The way you tell the power of a punch is by its impact on the guy getting hit. One of the problems with Parker is that you see Parker and Parker doesn't look like he's overextending himself when he's throwing hellacious shots. So guys with poker faces can get hit with bombs and if they don't look phased, you don't know how strong the punch was. Well here, even, even a guy with a chin like Derek Chisora gets hit with some bombs and he staggers over to the ropes. Right, Derek Chisora can't hide the level at which he was hit. I'm positive that if Chisora gave an interview and was asked who hits harder, Joseph Parker or Alexander Usyk, I'm positive Chisora would say Joseph Parker hits harder. So Parker, who does not look like he's throwing anything more than a spirited arm punch, drops Chisora in the fourth round. It's a right uppercut. Parker is incredibly accurate with it. Parker can hit you from up close if a referee allows Parker to get up close with that uppercut. Understand it's hard to stop because Parker has a left hook, has a left uppercut. Parker has a very quick overhand right. Let me say this too. In the sixth round, Parker throws a short right. Again, it's hidden in a combination. With Parker, you need to actually look at what he's doing. Because Parker's facial expressions and body language make him look more nonchalant than he is. He's only lost twice to Anthony Joshua, right? And Joshua's right hand is neutralized in that fight. Joshua's jabbing most of the fight, right? Parker has taken away Joshua's right hand. Parker lost that fight by decision, and Parker lost to... Fellow Jamaican, man, I'm, I'm shocked I can't remember his uh, name. But uh, in the fight, the second fight that he lost, Dylan White, in the second fight that he lost, Parker goes down off an illegal punch. 
right? Dylan White hits him with a forearm. It's inadvertent. But understand, Parker hits the canvas, and your body doesn't know whether it's a punch or a forearm. Parker's hurt, right? The referee should have given him time to recover. He didn't get time. But in that fight, Parker makes the comeback. He looks nonchalant, but he has Dylan White out at the end of that fight. Dylan White, of course, is able to survive the very end of the fight, hugging Parker. Couldn't even throw meaningful punches, right? Barely survives. So now Parker is with Andy Lee. This is inspired, right? Just like Manny Robles with Charles Martin. This is an inspired pairing. And Andy Lee has Parker leaving his jab behind, at least de-emphasizing his jab, and actually using his hand speed and hooks to rip apart an opponent. Right, folks? Because Parker is one of the best athletes in the heavyweight division, because Parker can move better than most, you need to realize that Parker would be a significant threat. Dare I say a bigger threat than Anthony Joshua is to Alexander Usyk. Right behind the scenes, Parker's actually friends with Tyson Fury. That fight would be interesting. Right, let's just say Fury, because of Parker's athleticism, because of Parker's power and his ability to throw uppercuts, Fury could not fight Parker the way he fought Deontay Wilder. Let me say this too. Let's talk about Wilder. Right now, Parker has been down. He was down against Dylan White. No question about it. But Parker's more skilled than Deontay Wilder. Parker is two-handed. Parker throws an assortment of punches. Parker against Deontay Wilder, I would expect Wilder to be favored by a wide margin, right? Because Parker's one of these guys who has been in classic fights against Tyson Fury um, he's one of the only men to knock Tyson Fury down multiple times in multiple fights, right? Might be the only guy to do that. Has the big name. We're thinking of him against Anthony Joshua, right? I believe Parker would have a serious shot against Deontay Wilder. Obviously, he would have to do a better job of avoiding Wilder's straight right hand than a very skillful Luis Ortiz did, right? We'll talk about the Ortiz fight against Charles Martin a little bit later in another video. But let's just say, I believe the betting side of the play in Parker against Deontay Wilder would be the Joseph Parker side of the play. And because Parker hits as hard as he does, right, let's just say I think 
I would need to have Parker by stoppage for part of that betting portfolio. In this fight, seventh round, Parker comes back with the right uppercut. Folks, there's little Derek Chisora can do. Right? The right uppercut, Chisora's getting hit with it repeatedly. Folks, it's a concussive punch. When Chisora gets off the canvas, Chisora goes to a corner because he's too dazed and confused to get off the canvas and then immediately start fighting again. Right? Chisora wants to be in a corner. He's a vet. Right? He wants to be in a corner so he could try to lean back and, you know, um, preserve his energy. He can't throw punches immediately when he gets off the canvas against Parker. Right? So, understand, I took Parker against Dylan White and lost that bet. In the comment section of that video, and you can look it up here on YouTube, the video's still up, many people said, how could you take Joseph Parker against Dylan White? Right? Well, just understand that Parker is that good. Again, an almost 70% KO percentage. Right? Well, after this fight, let's say it's an over 60% KO percentage. Dexterity. Great athleticism. I'll agree his defense can improve. But this is a guy who has hand speed. Look at how ambidextrous he is, right? It's just because he doesn't spend a lot of time on body language. It's because he just leans in and looks like he's effortlessly throwing that right uppercut that we don't realize the sting it has. So at heavyweight right now, and we'll discuss this more in the Luis Ortiz, Charles Martin post-fight video, I'll make in a couple of days. But at heavyweight right now, I'll agree the heavyweight title is clogged up. Right? Usyk is going to fight Anthony Joshua again. Then after that fight takes place, uh, Usyk wants to unify um, Tyson Fury, who we're hearing is going to fight Dylan White next, um, is going to fight Usyk. Understand the timetable can be extended if one of these guys gets cut in a fight and needs additional time to heal. Uh, as you know, too, these fighting contracts in this COVID era uh, have led to a lot of uncertainty. Um, people backing away from site fees because of Omicron and other variant breakouts where the site fee payer saying, hey, I was expecting a clear day. I wasn't expecting a pandemic. This is an extraordinary circumstance that nullifies the contract. So I don't expect the heavyweight title to get outside of Usyk, Joshua, and Fury for the next 18 months, right? We've all heard about rematch clauses. Uh, I'm expecting to, over time, some sanctioning body to say, hey, you guys have clogged up the heavyweight title long enough. If you're not going to fight our mandatory, we're going to strip you of recognition, right? So I'm expecting the heavyweight title to, you know, be splintered somewhere down the road, 
right, in the next 12 to 18 months. So I'll agree, a lot of worthy fighters, including Joseph Parker, might not get a shot at the heavyweight title for some time, right? But you need to realize what a wild card this is at heavyweight, right? Johnny Rice is a big heavyweight, folks. Don't be fooled by the fact that he just faced Coffee, who himself is a big heavyweight, right? Tyson Fury, big heavyweight. Deontay Wilder may not weigh a lot, but he's a tall heavyweight. Anthony Joshua, big heavyweight, right? These guys are vulnerable to smaller, more agile fighters, especially the skill level we're talking about, right? Usyk, ambidextrous, right? Or at a minimum, two-handed. I know Usyk likes to fight primarily out of a southpaw stance, right? Joseph Parker, two-handed. Luis Ortiz, slick southpaw with a big punch who has very advanced boxing skills, even at 43 years old. You have guys like Michael Hunter, already gave Usyk a tough time when they fought. Got a draw with Alexander Povetkin, who's now retired. Right? Jumped out in that fight. Is a guy who feasts on taller guys who can't handle his movement or his offbeat tempo. And of course, the wild card in the whole thing. Ergovic, who throws punches with a loop that shorter guys can't figure out. Right? Who, at 29, is a lot younger than, let's say, a Tyson Fury. Let me just point out something, too, that marks this era. Usually you have guys who are younger, have quicker reflexes because of their youth, are explosive punchers, right? Look at the age of a Mike Tyson, for example, when he became heavyweight champ. Or you have young guys who are just too smooth, right? Can't get hit or too fast. Floyd Patterson, for example. You have a whole group of heavyweight champions who, you know, were young Ali, right? Heavyweight belt at 22, who were young and too fast compared to these older guys. Folks, curiously, and I've looked, guys in their 20s, apart from Ergovic at 29, who's practically in his 30s, are missing from the current heavyweight picture, right? So the heavyweight division is evolving. I imagine some young guys who are actually competitive against older guys will show up eventually, right? But you need to think of the heavyweight division as wide open, right? We're a long way away from when it was dominated by Deontay Wilder, who no longer has a title, and Anthony Joshua, who no longer has a title. We're a long way away from that, right? Most of us don't expect Joshua to get his title back from Usyk, right? That's going to open the door 
to Usyk fighting a bigger Tyson Fury. I think Fury wins that fight, but that's going to be interesting, right? I'm expecting Fury to win that fight from the inside, like he did against Derek Chisora, right? But we'll find out. Just understand that you're going to have a lot of guys at heavyweight who don't have titles, who are thinking to themselves, hey, I need to prepare to fight a slick southpaw in Usyk should he beat Tyson Fury. And that's going to give guys like Luis Ortiz second lives. Right? You're going to have some guys who look at a Joseph Parker. They're not going to see the greater than 60% KO percentage. They're not going to respect the fact that Parker can drop you with either hand. Right? And they're going to say, hey, Parker's too small for me. Wasn't Parker lackluster in the first few rounds against Andy Ruiz, another guy who belongs in this mix? Right? So let's just say the heavyweight division, all I can say for 2022 is to buckle up. I hope the fighters take chances while this heavyweight title situation is sorted out by Joshua, Usyk, and Fury. I hope the heavyweights take chances. I hope the promoters are creative. And I hope we get guys who have been shut out, Michael Hunter, for example, back into the mix. We're going to have some great fights, right? It's interesting that I'm here looking at 43-year-old Luis Ortiz, thinking that he has a shot over time to fight for the heavyweight title, right? To beat some of the younger Lions, let's face it, everyone's younger than Luis Ortiz, beat some of the younger Lions in the heavyweight division. Also, Joseph Parker, I know the Andy Ruiz people feel that they got robbed. And that fight was a close fight. And Parker did look lackluster in that fight. Right? I'm just telling you that you need to think about volatility. Parker on his A game, in my opinion, can beat Deontay Wilder. I'd love to see a Parker-Joshua rematch. Let's just say I think Parker with Andy Lee. Right? Andy Lee would give Joshua who's looking for a trainer, right? I hear Floyd is now helping Joshua, would give Joshua all he could handle, right? As I like to say, Andy Ruiz today still has the fastest hands in the heavyweight division, right? Dylan White, I don't mean to sleep on Dylan White. He's one of the best in the division at going to the body. Dylan White also has one of the division's best jabs, right? Let's just be prepared for major change in the heavyweight division over the next 18 months. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. Thanks for stopping by.